Are we having fun yet? Hi, I'm Philip Blumel. Welcome to No Uncertain Terms, the official podcast of the Tournaments Movement for the week of November 2nd, 2020. Your sanctuary from partisan politics. With the national election just a day away, political hijinks are reaching their cringeworthy apex. Whether it be Biden's flubbing of a softball question about tournaments last week, or showboating senators throwing their weight around in televised hearings, the political class is giving it their worst. Oh, and we just saw the final ballot language as it'll appear statewide on the so-called Arkansas Tournament Amendment. <laughs> you won't believe what it says, and what it doesn't. Joining us again this week is U.S. Tournament's Executive Director, Nick Tombolides. Hey, Nick. Happy Election Week. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, election's tomorrow. Wow. And Joe Biden, presidential candidate, came out last week at a stop near his home in, in Willington, Delaware, and was asked about Supreme Court tournaments, and he said he's against them. Well, no surprise there. <laughs> no. Um, he's been opposing term limits his whole life. He's opposed it for, I think, 37 years when he was in the Senate. Didn't want term limits on himself. Actually voted against several constitutional amendments for term limits on Congress. That's right. But it, what is weird about this is we're not even talking about political term limits. We're not I even know. talking about legislative term limits or presidential term limits here. We're talking about the court. So it's like he must hold some personal grudge just against this issue, against oh, the yes. very words of it's term visceral. limits. Yeah, it's visceral. He just can't let it go. If you no. oppose it for one, you have to oppose it for all. Yeah. And to do this a week before the election, um, I'm just wondering, who's advising this guy? This is this is an 80% issue. Yeah, I don't think he received advice on this. You know, he, he's not been forthcoming on this issue. Um, remember, the main reason why we got his official opposition to tournaments out of him during the campaign was because Ken Quinn in New Hampshire at another campaign stop dragged it out of him, right? Asked him about it and got him, caught him on his phone. And this was similar. He was stopped at a uh, campaign stop and he was asked about it. So he's not going out uh, intending to buck the party or at least make a big deal out of it. Uh, Ro Khanna, the representative from California, is the guy that's sponsoring and pushing the Supreme Court tournaments bill. And it's largely Democrats that are pushing this right now because they're upset that Trump got three choices. So he's bucking his own party here, but he didn't intend to go out and do it. Yeah, so we, ha we had a visit uh, here in Melbourne, Florida yesterday. Um, from one of Joe Biden's surrogates telling everyone to vote for Biden. And that was uh, Mayor Pete uh, Buttigieg from Indiana. He was here, and he's one of the biggest advocates of Supreme Court term limits. So not, not only is Biden out there, he's, for some reason, a week before the election, contradicting the American people, contradicting his own political party and his own surrogates. It's just really, really weird. And by the way, I'm under no illusions that Donald Trump has a huge fire passion burning in the belly for term limits. I imagine that he sat down a few years ago and said to his advisors, what do the people think about term limits? And then somebody <laughs> said, well, 82% of them are for it. And he says, okay, I'm for it. Great. Right. So, but I just weird. It's like politically uh, tone deaf a little bit. I would say so. Specifically, here's what he said. Uh, when he asked if he was for Supreme Court term limits, he said, no, it's a lifetime appointment. I'm not going to try to change that at all. Now, what strikes me about this is, first of all, it's obvious. Yeah, it, <laughs> that's like saying, oh, well, there's no term limits. So, yeah, I'm against term limits, you know, or <laughs> it's a lifetime appointment. Therefore, for a lifetime appointment, it doesn't mean anything. What I find more troubling is the fact that, think about this. His argument against it is that it's a lifetime appointment. He's looking at that from the point of view of the individual justice, not from 
the point of view of like the institution or improving institution or creating any, or fixing any problems with the institution. He's looking at it like, oh wait a minute, no, it's supposed to be lifetime. They said they said it was going to be lifetime. It's not fair. You can't say you can't take away their lifetime appointment. He's looking at it again from the politician point of view instead of from the people's point of view or even the institutional point of view. That's like saying, oh, what's my argument against medicine? I'm already sick, so I don't need yeah, medicine. You know, right. Yeah, sick, exactly. Whatever. It's it's a lifetime appointment, so we don't need term limits. I. It's really baffling to me. And if you look at the direction the court has moved in, where you've got more, way more Republican appointees at this point than Democratic appointees, um, you have to infer from this statement that Joe Biden either wants the court to stay Republican leaning for a very long time, or he's going to embrace uh, court packing when he gets in there. Oh, look, I think that this little incident talking about term limits makes it pretty clear whether or not he supports the idea of court packing, because think about this. They ask about court packing. He says, oh, no, I, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to make that an issue. I'll talk about it after the election. But they asked him about Supreme Court tournaments. And he said, oh, no, I'm against it. If he was against court packing, he could have said, oh, no, I'm against it, just like he did with the Supreme Court term limits. I don't think you need to be Lee Atwater or Karl Rove or Niccolo Machiavelli <laughs> to advise your presidential candidate not to take a punt on court packing and then oppose term limits a right. week before the election. Right. I'll say it again. Who is advising these people? I because know. this could come back to bite you. 80% of the country wants term limits for the Supreme Court, just as they want term limits for Congress. Yeah, I mean, Biden knows that opposing competitive elections and rotation office is not an applause line anywhere except on K Street. Corruption. This week's Profile in Corruption is a gentleman who has been discussed on the No Uncertain Terms podcast before. Arkansas Senator John Woods was elected to the Arkansas State House in 2007 and was term limited out of office in 2013. He immediately ran for the Arkansas Senate, where he served only one four-year term before leaving the Senate to join the Orange Jumpsuit Caucus in 2017. Senator Woods was found guilty of 15 federal counts as ringleader of a scheme involving the president of Ecclesia College in Springdale, Arkansas, where Woods lives. Specifically, Woods and his gang were convicted of soliciting and accepting kickbacks as a reward for the funneling of government funds in the college's direction. He was found guilty of conspiracy to commit mail fraud, 12 counts of wire fraud, and money laundering. And now Woods was sentenced to 220 months in federal prison and ordered to pay $1.6 million in restitution. Crimes of this nature are so common amongst career politicians, so many of whom are corrupted by the hubris and opportunity that come with long tenure and the lack of competitive elections. It should not be surprising that Senator John Woods was an active opponent of term limits, but it is nonetheless still shocking how passionate and how brazen was his animosity towards this voter-approved reform that restrained his vicious appetites. Woods was the author, the author of the Arkansas Elected Officials Ethics, Transparency, and Financial Reform Act of 2014, the primary aim of which was to gut term limits in Arkansas. Now note, the title does not mention term limits. No, that provision was buried deep in the text of the document beneath some other feel-good ethics planks and bromides. Nonetheless, this so-called ethics package, and oh yes, that's the nickname that Senator Woods gave it, doubled the term limit of Arkansas representatives and nearly doubled that of senators. Many voters didn't know what they had passed until after election day. Not incidentally, one of his accomplices in the ethics package scheme, as well as the college kickback caper, was former Arkansas State Rep Mike Adeel. 
Quote, I do know this confirms what I've always suspected about John Woods, wrote Max Brantley in the Arkansas Times. He never had a job. He bragged about the good life he lived off state pay, per diem, travel, and the hog slopping that legislators enjoy. I should mention, too, that he was the architect of the so-called ethics amendment that provided a path to longer terms in office. Many politicians oppose tournaments due to naked self-interest, but none more than the careerist criminals that consciously aim to enrich themselves at the expense of the public. Corruption, corruption, corruption. Their souls. Corruption, corruption, corruption. Next up. It's political season. We had a bunch of grandstanding congressmen, specifically senators of the Senate Commerce Committee last week that grilled social media CEOs for like four hours. There was Facebook chief Mark Zuckerberg, Twitter's Jack Dorsey, Sundar Pichai of Google. Wow. Um, The purpose of the hearings was basically that the uh, Congress is upset with the flow of information through these social media platforms. And, you know, according to the 1996 law, these platforms are sort of shielded from liability for what they publish because they've presented themselves as neutral platforms. You know, anybody can post stuff and everybody else can see it. But since the last presidential election, we've seen them try to, to, to control a lot of this, this flow of content, right? And a lot of politicians don't like it's it. So, it's so funny because everyone here is lying. Social media platforms are lying because everyone knows they're not content neutral. No, everyone no. knows they have a political agenda. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Republicans are lying because, you know, they're claiming these are public companies and that they have the, the ability to uh, regulate their speech. And Democrats are saying the same thing. Republicans are saying that these groups are censoring too much. The Democrats are saying they're not censoring enough. That's exactly what they were arguing about at these hearings. Absolutely. Yep. And in fact, Senator Ed Markey said that specifically. He said the issue is not that these companies before us today are taking too many posts down. The issue is that they're leaving too many dangerous posts up. (laughs) (laughs) And then we had other uh, Republican senators say just the opposite. So you're right. It seems to me like these guys have have their feathers ruffled. They don't like what's being said about them on social media, and they want to have some control over it. And so to me, it's a bunch – it's typical – congressional hubris and trying to interfere in the private economy and what we choose to consume and choose not to consume. And and look, like we have antitrust laws. So the question of whether a private company is too powerful, it's an interesting policy question. And I don't mind it being debated. But all too often, these hearings like just careen in a totally different direction where you've got the hubris of the politicians on full display. These people want more ability to regulate what is read on social media, and they want to make sure whatever gets through shows them in a good light. That's it. I want to play one clip that I think just uh, capsulizes the entire four-hour hearing. And this is from Senator Marsha Blackburn, a Republican from Tennessee, grilling the CEO of Google about his hiring practices. Let it roll. Okay, Mr. Pichai, is Blake Lemoyne one of your engineers still working with you? Uh, Senator, I'm familiar with his name uh, as an em- as an employee. I'm not sure okay. whether he's currently an employee. Okay. Uh, well, he has had very unconscious things to say about me. And uh, I was just wondering if you all had still uh, kept him working there. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's pretty explicit. I mean, there's nothing, no, there could be no other implication that she wants this person fired because this person said nasty things about her online. Oh man. And in the middle of a pandemic um, and a crazy presidential election, our Senate has nothing better to do than single out like one employee at a social media company and, um, you know, try to get on his hide for criticizing a, one U.S. senator. I mean, give me a break. Paul Jacob is a board member of U.S. Terminalists and president of the Liberty Initiative Fund. This is common sense. United, we term limit. Most Americans appreciate the truth of Lord Acton's venerable dictum, power tends to corrupt, and absolutely unterm-limited power corrupts absolutely. I've slightly reworded it. Sorry, Baron. Anyway, instead of presuming, said John Emmerich Edward Dahlberg Acton, first Baron Acton, that powerful men like Pope and King can do no wrong, we should presume the opposite. The more power a person can freely exercise, the more likely he will abuse it. There is no worse heresy than that the office sanctifies the holder of it. Americans tend to agree, so we see the wisdom of regularly depriving incumbents of power that increases the longer they are in office, even as they become more inclined to abuse this power. Most incumbents hate term limits. We've also seen strong bipartisan support for the reform from many eminent politicians. For example, U.S. Senator Pat Toomey, Republican, and former Governor Ed Rendell, Democrat, both of Pennsylvania. Entrenched politicians have been steering the ship of state for decades, and we're about to hit a $25 trillion national debt iceberg. It's time for a new approach, they say in a recent op-ed. Our elected representatives seem afraid to do anything that would jeopardize their re-election. Term limits allow them to operate without that pressure, secure in the knowledge that they are not risking the position that could be a lifetime career. The two experienced elected officials, Rendell retired and Toomey retiring in 2022, also support a convention of states as the most practical constitutional method of term limiting Congress. Americans are coming together right now over term limits. This is Common Sense. I'm Paul Jacob. For more Common Sense, go to thisiscommonsense.org. Our last issue, Nick, is one that's close to your heart. You uh, uh, gave us a uh, monologue last week on the podcast about these ballot issues. And we now have in our hands the specific ballot language that voters will see when they go to the ballot in Arkansas. Tell us about why don't it. I, why don't I do that? How about we just do this? Why don't I read? This is the actual language a citizen in Arkansas will see when okay. they walk into the ballot okay. box on Tuesday. Why don't I just read it verbatim? I'll right. read what they will see, and you can tell me what this amendment means and what this amendment does. Okay. And our audience can can ask itself the same question. And I think also, when you hear this, ask yourself, if you faced this, would you vote yes or no? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Okay. So it's called, it's called Issue Number 2, Constitutional Amendment Referred to the People by the General Assembly. 
and then it has a popular name. The popular name is a constitutional amendment to amend the term limits applicable to members of the General Assembly to be known as the Arkansas Term Limits Amendment. The ballot title says a constitutional amendment to be known as the Arkansas Term Limits Amendment and amending the term limits applicable to members of the General Assembly. Then there are two boxes. Are you for it or are you against it? (laughs) What the f*** does that mean? Please bleep that, Ken. (laughs) Amending the term limits of the General Assembly. How are you amending them? Are they getting shorter? Are they getting longer? Are you being abolished? It doesn't say. This ballot does not say. Oh, my word. I think that if I, well, knowing what I know and these tricky, these games that politicians play, I could not vote on this. But if I didn't, I might say to myself, oh, oh, Arkansas tournaments. Oh, I'm for tournaments. Arkansas tournaments amendment? Oh, I live in Arkansas. I'm for tournaments. I guess I should vote for If you go into the ballot with the same mindset I have, I have some, I have a mentality, I call it the presumption of political crookedness, where I assume that every single amendment is politicians attempting to screw me, and that has to be, they have to prove otherwise if they're not. But I think only about 90% of people believe politicians are trying to screw them, and there might be 10% of people still out there who trust politicians (laughs) and might not know what this amendment is going to (laughs) do. I think if there's any hope, it's because a lot of people voted from home. Uh, They sat with this in front of them, and they had to mark it, and they thought, well, maybe I should look this up, and they went online. Hopefully they did, and if they did, hopefully they came across the U.S. tournaments page and uh, discovered what this scam is all about. But if you showed up in the ballot box, you cannot vote on this with any idea of what you're trying to accomplish. If you want to know about the sorry state of courts in this country and the all-too-cozy relationship between the politicians and the courts, hear this. This ballot title that I just read to you that explains absolutely nothing was just challenged in the courts of Arkansas. It was actually appealed all the way to the Supreme Court of Arkansas, the highest court in the state. And the argument was that this amendment is a manifest fraud. It's a total misrepresentation. It was intentional, and it was designed by politicians to induce people into voting for it. All true, you know, all true beyond any reasonable doubt. But guess what? The Arkansas Supreme Court ruled that this amendment is clear, that this <laughs> that this amendment is not fraudulent at all, and that everyone who reads this should understand exactly what it's going to do. Well, listen, Nick, it's called the Arkansas Tournaments Amendment. That's what it says in the ballot, and that is the name of the bill. That is entirely truthful. What does this amendment really do, by the way, folks? This amendment takes the hollowed-out husk of term limits in Arkansas that still exists and just completely just gets rid of them entirely. This is the lifetime politician's amendment. This amendment would cripple term limits, like we said on last week's podcast. It would cripple term limits, and it would let politicians stay in the legislature for 30 and 40 years. Well, Arkansas has a history of playing with uh, ballot language in order to get its way on term limits. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No Uncertain Terms. Politicians in Arkansas placed two scams on the ballot for November, Amendment 2 and Amendment 3. One is a direct assault on term limits, and the other is an assault on the initiative process that made term limits possible in that state. For this week's action item, we are asking Arkansans to go to termlimits.com slash no on two. It looks like noon two. 
There you will find a great Facebook video explaining the amendments that you can forward to your friends. There's also a downloadable flyer for distribution. That's tournaments.com slash no on two. Thank you. We'll be back next week. The revolution isn't being televised. Fortunately, you have the No Uncertain Terms podcast. Did you ever find John Wood's inmate number, by the way? I think it would be cool to read his inmate number on the podcast. Do you want me to look for it? I can call the Arkansas uh, correction system, and I can find out the inmate number of the politician who uh, proposed the last anti-term limits amendment. His last meal, by the way, was democracy.